Good evening. All right, I was asked to speak about our uh, experience uh, in prison and uh, the family uh, involving as well. Uh, maybe I'll start off by uh, just introducing a little bit how uh, we got involved there for those who uh, were not aware of it. Uh, in February of 2014, during prison ministry, uh, when I was down there in the crusade, uh, I felt a calling to be involved in uh, being a chaplain in one of the prisons. So uh, now coming home uh, from the crusade, uh, we, uh, we went down in, uh, Sarah Ann and I went back down in March again and uh, they approved uh, us of moving down and uh, being part of the chaplaincy program. <laughs> so after, after school that year, uh, we took the family down and uh, we looked uh, several different areas and uh, we decided to settle in in, uh, in Abbeville. Uh, There's a bunch of Mennonite churches there, but we uh, we attended Cold Springs Church uh, after we moved down, which was in August. So after we moved down, uh, it went about three or four weeks before I went into prison uh, because uh, I was not approved yet, uh, which was a good thing just to uh, be there with the family for a few weeks before I got started. So uh, after uh, everything got approved and uh, I started going into prison, uh, the chaplaincy program took me uh, to three different prisons and they wanted me to uh, decide where I should uh, plug in at. Uh, they did warn me at one prison uh, that there was hardly any volunteers in for uh, a number of years because of some bad experiences. Uh, from the past. And that was uh, Perry Correctional Department. It was a number three, uh, level number three prison, and it was considered the worst prison of the state. Um, so that was one of the, the prisons that I went to see, but uh, before I even went through the gates, uh, I knew that's where I was called to be. And uh, I got questioned a lot before they allowed me to go in full time. But I strongly felt that's where I needed to be. Uh, they did not have any uh, chaplain at the time. Actually, they had a part-time chaplain uh, that went in three days a week. Uh, his heart was definitely not in ministry. And uh, his days were very short at times. And uh, he was not a whole lot of help for me to get involved in different programs and, and uh, get started. But it didn't go long till they hired a full-time chaplain and it was a blessing uh, that he was a spirit-filled man. And uh, the church in, in the prison here uh, kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And at times, 
uh, it was so dark in there, sometimes it went weeks before they, uh, without even having church. So when this new chaplain came in, he started setting up all kinds of programs and uh, uh, we, we hit it pretty good together. And uh, things started moving there and uh, it was amazing what God was doing and the church grew fast. And uh, I had more privileges in that prison than, than any guard had. Uh, I had keys to go wherever I wanted to go. And um, when uh, the facility was shut down, uh, I was still able to go in and do my thing. And uh, I'm not sure why, but uh, it was just uh, something that I was allowed, allowed to do. And uh, some of the things that I learned uh, during my time in prison there was, uh, was walking in the spirit. There was uh, many times where, where uh, we would surround ourselves with uh, 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 the strong Christian men uh, just in prayer. There was days I didn't even go out in a door and we'd just pray over each other. And uh, it really taught me to, uh, to walk in the spirit, not just live in the spirit, but walk in the spirit. Uh, and I could, I could stand here and tell you a lot of experiences, but I'm just going to try and keep this in a nutshell. Uh, there was many times where uh, I would go into a dorm and uh, as soon as I would, I would step in a dorm, I could just see black figures running. And it just really opened my eyes to the demonic spirits uh, and all the, the evil, evilness out there. And sometimes, uh, or a lot of times, uh, the Christian men they could, they could sense in the spirit when I was coming in the door because they could also feel the darkness just leaving. And uh, that was a pretty wild experience. Uh, another thing that I learned uh, was uh, false religion. Uh, there was 18 different religions in, in prison and that was really, really an eye-opener to me just to see all these different religions uh, in prison. And of course, there was always uh, guys trying to start new religions and uh, they're soon called after, after that. So anyway, there was 18 different religions uh, in prison. And it was very interesting to, to see or to notice all these different religions and uh, the crazy thing was they all thought they were right. They all thought they, they were going down the right trail. And that uh, just really, really opened my eyes. But during that time that I really struggled with all these different religions in the, uh, in the prison, uh, somebody in the community there uh, he, he could tell that I was struggling with some stuff, so he asked me uh, what I'm dealing with. And uh, I just explained to him uh, 
really makes me sad, all these different religions. And uh, of course, we had a conversation about it. And, and I told the man, I, I noticed that, uh, you know, we are very quick to, to uh, I don't know, just call out a religion, whether it's Amish, Mennonite, Baptist, uh, Catholic, whatever it is. But it all boils down, either you're a follower of Jesus Christ or you're not. And uh, sometimes I, I get so tired of, of just, uh, uh, and, and I'm caught in it myself. I catch myself, uh, you know, just saying how, like the Amish do or so and so does. Uh, it's really not about that. It's whether you're a believer in Jesus Christ or not. So that was really an eye opener to me. And so anyway, this man, he asked me if uh, if I ever. Uh, renounced, uh, renounced uh, the false religion that I was following. And I said I never have, and uh, I noticed that you can, uh, you can think you repented, you can say you're sorry all you want, and you can uh, confess you're following Jesus, but if you don't renounce some of these spirits, it's still going to be hindering you forever. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven, but there's much more in life if you get rid of these spirits. So anyway, he helped me work through that. And when I renounce the religious, uh, that false religion, uh, it just felt like there was 500 pounds lifted off my shoulder. Uh, the other big eye catcher for me was uh, the, the gospel was really... Uh, became real to me when I uh, I noticed how uh, it became more clear uh, what Jesus' ministry was all about and how he did not come to control people. He simply came to reach out to the hearts. And uh, I can't think of anywhere in the scriptures where he actually... Uh, said bad things about sinners. But he sure had a lot of bad things to say about the religious people. And that just really opened my eyes. I know I often feel in that area, but uh, it's something that I uh, try and work on every day, just uh, to reach uh, the hearts of the people and not to control them. And a few verses in Mark, Mark 16, that became very real to me during uh, the time in prison. And we had many, many uh, discussions. And that is Mark 16, starting in verse 15, uh, where Jesus gave the Great Commission. Uh, and Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will, not, will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, 
it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. So Jesus is saying those who believe in him will experience this stuff. And it just really opened my eyes. And I'm not sure what, what the, the biggest difference was, but these are stuff that I experience in prison. And I can honestly say now that uh, doing ministry work in prison is much easier than it is outside of prison. And uh, I kind of came to the conclusion it's all because there are so many distractions. Uh, when we went into prison, we didn't have our phones. Uh, a lot of things that we didn't have in there that's available out here. Uh, that's just simply a hindrance. And uh, I guess I'm kind of convinced that that's probably why we don't experience so many of this stuff. That Jesus is saying that if you believe in me, you will experience this. So that just really opened my eyes. And uh, uh, it's been a battle. Uh, first couple of years coming back where uh, there was a lot of things I had to work through and uh, still do. But there was many times that I messed up in, uh, in prison too, situations that I handled uh, incorrectly. Uh, but they were all learning experiences and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a lot of uh, warfare uh, a lot of the, the guards uh, many times tried to get me fired and uh, it always ended up they, they were the ones that got fired so <laughs> it was kind of funny to see that sometimes but it was just uh, the devil just trying his hardest to keep me out of that prison we had put a uh, two year uh, term and uh, to do prison ministry but we ended up staying for a little over two years two years and uh, nine months and uh, one of the things that I uh, always said that I want to do is before uh, I quit prison ministry I want the same experience uh, to know when it's time to quit uh, same experience I had uh, when I knew I was cold and that definitely happened uh, as time came closer to the two years, uh, we were trying to decide whether we should or not. And uh, but anyway, soon after that, there was two inmates that I had not known. Uh, I knew they were around there, and they really spoke life into me. Uh, twice they came up to me, uh, or one at a time, and uh, they both said that God was telling them last night that is time for you to go home. That happened twice. And uh, that was definitely my sign. And I can look back now and uh, see how God was preparing me for something, uh, something different. Uh, I really have a heart for inmates. Uh, it's a sad thing. And some of those inmates, uh, they don't even want to come, come out of prison. 
they're scared and I can identify with that. Uh, just coming or being in prison for a whole day and then stepping outside of prison, just going out to uh, do all the, uh, the people why I can understand why they're scared. And many of them end up going right back in because basically all they're doing is going back to the environment that actually took them into prison. So that's uh, it's part of my vision. And I think that's what God was preparing me to, to uh, reach out to these guys as they come out to prison. And then as far as uh, the family, uh, times, times were not always easy for uh, uh, Saran and the children. Uh, I could about always tell when, when I was having uh, a great day in a prison, things were happening is when uh, my wife and the children had a bad day at home. It was almost like they were getting attacked. When the devil couldn't stop me, he attacked the family. <clears throat> we really appreciated uh, uh, the community that we uh, moved into uh, we soon sensed there was a lot of uh, unrest between the churches, uh, just uh, walls in the school. And, uh, of course, we have that around here too, but that wasn't hard for us to, to see that. We made a lot of friends, and uh, there was just some really crazy stuff going on in the community there with sexual sin, and, and uh, the sad thing is... Uh, most of the churches uh, so blinded to it and uh, I know the cases aren't open now but uh, our girls some of their uh, good friends were, were victims and uh, we really feel that uh, God spared us from uh, a lot of hard things and uh, the whole thing kind of got st stirred up right at the time that we moved back and uh, it's definitely not settled, and I'm sure it'll take years to settle. So we see uh, even the hard times that, uh, that we went through in the community. Uh, I'm just, I have chosen to allow God to use that to just make us stronger and uh, prepare us for the next ministry. We were really blessed by... Uh, financial support uh, we really appreciated what the church has done for us and and even uh, the community there in South Carolina uh, one of the things that we really longed for was for uh, spiritual fellowship and uh, we thought that they didn't have much going on around there uh, but they thought they had way too much going on uh, but of course they they had their get-togethers and and we weren't always in, involved but uh, it seemed pretty laid back for us but uh, we uh, we really we really long for uh, uh, more uh, emotionally and spiritually support and uh, we we've noticed that and uh, when we moved back we we uh, 
we had decided that we really want to reach out to uh, uh, our church that goes out on the mission field. And uh, I know we're not doing our part. And I'm not sure uh, what that is. I don't know if it's because there's so many uh, distractions around us or. Uh, so anyway, it's challenging, but uh, I can uh, I can feel for uh, uh, the families that are out there doing ministry work. It's not an easy step in life, but it's uh, very re rewarding. And uh, I know we have to choose to uh, uh, allow God to use uh, those situations just to make us stronger. There's many other stories I could tell about uh, uh, my experiences, but I decided I'm not going to get into that too much tonight. Uh, so, uh, again, I just want to thank you as a church what you have done for us, and uh, we, we felt your support, and uh, we always look forward to coming back, and uh, which we did, we did quite a bit. Uh, one, of the things, one of the other things that I really regret uh, with our move down there was uh, I was uh, somewhat involved in the businesses up here. Uh, I look back now and and uh, see how I could have probably reached out to my own family a lot better if I wouldn't have had that distraction. So uh, just going down there and concentrating on uh, uh, our families and uh, the ministry way could have made it so much easier for my wife and children. So, but we were uh, blessed to be part of it. So I'll, uh, I'll just open it up if you have any questions or uh, anything that uh, you'd like to ask about the ministry. Why? You mentioned about different types of prisons. Well, they have uh, level threes and level twos. Uh, level threes are more for uh, the lifetimers, uh, although they can come out on parole, depending on their behaviors. And then they also have, uh, uh, even though they're level threes, they have some better than others of level threes. So, and of course, they have a level one as well, where they can, uh, where they can go out on workforce. And uh, of course the level twos are more of your like 10, 15 years or sometimes a life, uh, the lifers that actually made parole and they step down and then they uh, end up staying in a level two for whatever amount of time till they can get out. So, and uh, every once in a while I did go into a level two uh, and it was quite different on uh, to a level two, uh, level two it seems so uh, uh, so simple, laid back and uh, the behavior was definitely a lot different. Is there anything that, that I can do to encourage a prisoner You mean when he comes out of prison? Uh, either in or out. 
Yeah, they, uh, they love letters. It just makes her dad when they get mail letters to uh, encourage him and just, just let him know that you're thinking about him. Uh, as far as when they come out, uh, we helped uh, one guy come out and uh, that was quite the experience and uh, kind of made it rough to really stand alongside of them because I was still going into prison but so sometimes evenings or weekends I would try and spend time with him but he ended up moving down to Florida and getting locked up down there and it was just a bad situation these guys need supervision uh, 24-7 for a while Uh, not a whole lot, no. Yeah, uh, I don't even, I mean, I, I don't remember what what the names were, but yeah, there was uh, Buddhists, Hindus, Catholic, Muslims. Uh, some of the words I can't even pronounce. Uh, Baptists. Did, did you right, actually 18. Yeah, yeah, there was, uh, when, when this new chaplain came in, he really opened it up to, uh, and allowed different volunteers to come in and get programs. So, uh, probably the most effective program was, and uh, they started that a little before we moved back, was a program where, where they would uh, reach out to uh, the families of these inmates and uh, four times a year, once a quarter, they would allow the children uh, to come in, spend time with their dad. Uh, but the dad had to have certain grades or his behavior had to, uh, to be met. And that was a very, very powerful ministry and even to the families. And that there really helped me uh, with the vision that I had to reach out not only to the inmates when they come out but it's just as important to reach out to the families so but yeah there was a lot of programs did you have new converts? yeah yeah there was a lot of them <laughs> yeah Probably the, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people uh, commit their lives to the Lord, but probably the, the most powerful one that I've seen was uh, uh, two gays. <clears throat> so anyway, we, we had this Bible study uh, started, and uh, the Bible study uh, really grew fast. Uh, we ended up being like, 
I don't know, around 40 men in, in the Bible study. And one time we were, uh, we were singing Jesus Loves Me, and these two gays, they were outside the door and they heard us singing, uh, singing Jesus Loves Me. And uh, it really touched their heart. They ended up coming in. And uh, so then they started coming on a regular basis. And uh, some of these men uh, asked me why I allow these gays to be in our Bible study. And uh, it's like, well, this is where they belong. These are people we need to reach out to. And uh, probably about half of that class stopped coming because I allowed them gays to come in. And uh, it was amazing what happened out of that. Uh, once the dust kind of settled, uh, these gays committed their life to the Lord. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So that was really neat to see. The biggest part of my ministry was in uh, in lockup. Uh, Perry had four four buildings uh, of lockup, and uh, they would they would get a lot of the inmates from other prisons uh, that couldn't handle these these guys. So that's why Perry was known to have the worst inmates. They had four buildings to lock up. And uh, so out of those four buildings, that's probably where I spend about 80% of my time, just playing music to them and uh, reaching out however I could. So, all right, anything else? Any other questions? But yeah, if uh, it's just really a, a neat ministry, so I, I would like to encourage you, uh, anybody, to uh, to experience it, even just a week down with the crusade. Just an amazing experience. And I just came to the point where that uh, somebody's got to reach out to these guys. And uh, if us Christians don't, who is going to? They won't have a chance if Christians aren't willing to go in and help them or at least reach out to them when they come out of prison. All right. Thank you. And uh, let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We just want to thank you for your presence and your goodness to our lives. Uh, thank you, Lord, for salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you, Lord, for being patient with us and giving us grace. And uh, so grateful that your mercies are new every day. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for the church here. And uh, we just invite your Holy Spirit to flood this place and fill the atmosphere and, and help us to grow into you, Lord. Help us to see and uh, just uh, be willing to reach the hearts of people around us. So we uh, invite your Spirit to guide us and direct us. And uh, I ask that you would bless uh, this community. And uh, I pray that you would just uh, nudge us to be... Uh, uh, faithful servants of Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.